So hello and welcome to our first full episode of the Secret London Runs podcast. Um, hooray! We've yeah. got some great interviews for you today. Um, so I've been talking to the EastEnders actress Tanya Franks about her very first London marathon, um, which she ran last year to raise money for Dementia Revolution on behalf of Dame Barbara Windsor. Um, so we'll be bringing you that later. We're also going to meet one of our guides um, so we'll bring you a chat with one of our Secret London Runs guides, Ronnie, so you can get to know us all a little bit. And right now, Vanessa is here. Hello, Vanessa. How are you? Hi. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. How about you? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. What have you been up to this week? Um, quite a bit of running. And, I mean, the weeks just go past very quickly, really, don't they? I'm in lockdown with my 10-month-old baby, and he just, he just seems to pass the time quite quickly really <laughs> <laughs> it's um you've been trying out a few bits of technology as well haven't you how's that been yeah well I decided that you know in lockdown there's always these and uh, we're outside of lockdown there's always these things that you know you should be doing and you just think but when am I ever going to do that and I thought you know things like video which I know I, I know that you know Secret London Runs is this really visual thing and I should be publishing videos left, right and centre and I'm always a bit too scared to do it. So I thought if I don't master this during a time when I'm running an events company that can't have events, then I'm never going to do it. Um, so I bought a GoPro and I've been desperately trying to film a virtual tour and I found it so difficult. <laughs> <laughs> oh really in what way um well first of all it was choosing what tour to do I just get too excited about too many things so I had all these ideas flying around in my head and at the beginning of lockdown I, it, I was very much conscious of you know only going out for a short amount of time near to where I was so I spent so long researching around where I live, Peckham in Dulwich, and I wrote a World War II tour of Peckham, and um, and I put hours and hours of research into it, and then I went out and filmed it and tried to do it all very quickly in my social distance exercise, one take from each one, and then I realised that a tour about something that um that I've only just started researching might not be great from the first one maybe I'd be better doing something I'm more confident about so um so then I switched to gin <laughs> and I went out and filmed a gin um a tour about the 18th century gin craze which is something I am quite confident about um but still you know getting my face in front of a camera is just something I'm not used to um I can talk in front of hundreds of people but shove a camera in my face and I feel so self-conscious um then there was obviously you know I didn't have a cameraman or or woman um so it's all me me trying to film myself and my in shot I don't know um so it was just all a huge huge learning curve and then obviously there's editing it afterwards um so yeah so it's been tough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're not the only person who's battling with technology at the moment during lockdown. Yeah, I'm hearing lots of people, but it's amazing, isn't it? You're seeing all these different businesses adapt and do use technology to try to keep doing what they love doing, which is lovely. 
Yeah, I must say, I'm, I'm in. I think it's very brave of you to film yourself running. I think that's the point when, when I least want to be in front of a camera. <laughs> it's when I'm hot and sweaty and running. Brave or, or stupid. <laughs> and you know, the morning I did it um, was, um, you know, I'd spent all week trying to think about how I could carve a narrative out just about the 18th century gin craze. So, you know, we give a the secret gin run is a 10k tour and that's that's a much longer gin history and I thought I just want to pick a little bit out pick it out that I find really fascinating and make an, a new tour for the virtual tour so it's not the same thing that people have seen and we'd promised that to all the people that had come to our virtual gin race so, uh, I, yes. so I'd promised it to people so I was like I have to do it so I spent the week thinking about the narrative and then I woke up that morning and I, and I, you know, and Ezra, my little baby, had been awake all through the night and I woke up at 5am and I thought, oh, I've got to do this now. And I, I hadn't washed my hair and then I had to run 8k to the start of the tour and then start filming. And as you can see as the tour goes on, I have to have the, the camera stuck to my head when I'm running and my hair just gets worse and worse throughout the filming and I'm mortified that I look this bad and this is an advert for Secret London Runs or not an advert but you know showing people what we do I'm absolutely mortified <laughs> I think you're absolutely amazing I don't think there's many people with an under one-year-old who would get up at five in the morning without having slept and run 8k to start their run <laughs> I told you it was stupid. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm in awe. I just, I think that's, that's absolutely amazing. And I don't, I really don't understand how you've had the headspace to write a tour in all of that as well. Although you were, I mean, you were writing tours within days of Ezra being born, weren't you? Yeah, well, yeah, because Ezra was born a little bit early. Um, and the week before he was born, I was planned to write the Great Fire of London tour, but then he was born, so I couldn't do it. So, um, but we've got all these people booked onto it and no tour to give. So when he was about two weeks old, I wrote the Great Fire of London tour. Um, so he came on that in his buggy and Josh came with, Josh, my husband, came came with us and we, we tested it out. So it's pretty cool, really, that Ezra came on his first tour when he was a couple of weeks old. That's amazing. He's he's gonna he's either going to be the most amazing runner the world has ever seen, or will never run again, isn't he? That's going to be his rebellion. <laughs> Every time his mother starts talking about history again, just hands over his ears. No more, mummy. <laughs> Stop talking about gin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant! Well, I think it's amazing. Um, and of course, we had our virtual gin race. Um, our first virtual race um, since we last spoke, haven't we? Yeah, we have. And it was so much fun, wasn't it? It was. Now, you you hadn't dipped your toe into the world of virtual racing, had you, before this? No, I'd never, I'd never done one. And to be honest, maybe I shouldn't say this out loud, but to be honest, I just didn't understand what the fuss was about. You know, when, when I, obviously I talk to lots of runners because I lead lots of tours usually, and I hear about all these runners doing all these virtual races. And I just, I just think, I just don't get it whenever they're talking about it. You know, I think, oh, you go for a run and then you get a medal. Well, 
I'm not that fussed about medals and I can just go for a run on my own thanks. Why do I need to sign up for a virtual race for it? That was sort of the headspace I was in about virtual racing when it all started. Yeah. But um, but we got it up and running, literally and metaphorically. And um, it was brilliant, wasn't it? We had so many people signing up and everyone really got into the spirit of things. Yeah, it was amazing. Well, I mean, the reason that I signed up was um, Let's Do This, who we partner with for for our for just, to, just as a sort of ticket platform for some of our events. Our account manager mm-hmm. called me up and said, how are things going? And he said, we'd really love you to put on a virtual race. And I told him all about my reservations. And he said, I totally get that, Vanessa, but virtual races are all people have got now. Like, there's no other way people can can run together, really. So why don't you just try one? And I said, okay, I'll I'll give it a go. Um, And obviously, gin is very popular for us. So the idea was, We'll do a 10k or a 5k. So you've done that. Have a gin at the finish line, and I really didn't want it to be that to be a focus on times. Because Secret London Runs isn't about times and running as fast as you can and making people feel bad who aren't as fast. So I just want to give prizes for times. So we gave prizes for the best finish line photos of the runner and their gin, and it was really incredible, wasn't it? And um, I was so surprised by the reception. We had about 200 people sign up. It was amazing. And just the, watching the photos popping up over the weekend on the Facebook page were just so joyful. It, and people had really thought about it and gone to town. They made finish lines and covered themselves in gin bottles and all sorts of things. It was amazing. And what, what re- one of the two things, there were two things that really surprised me about it. And one of them was what you were talking about there, that... All these pictures coming up through the day, I actually felt like I was part of an event. You know, I didn't feel like I was out running on my own and, you know, oh, why should I pay for that? I really felt like there was this group of us who were doing something together. And it was lovely, really, really lovely. I was smiling all weekend. It was it was absolutely glorious and a huge success. And we've got some more coming up, which we'll talk about later. But... On that note, you had a chat, didn't you, with the winner of another one of our events? Yeah, well, less of an event, I guess, and more of a, a competition that we, we started at the beginning of lockdown. And, yeah, so I think we talk about it in the interview, but it was about the Secret Sites competition that we were holding in our, in the Secret London Men's Connect Facebook, Facebook group. And this was another way that I was hoping with you know bring people together during a time where we can't run together yeah brilliant well let's hear about it let's hear from Kerry great so hi Kerry hi thanks for having me oh thank you so much for joining me today how are you doing I'm good thank you enjoying the sunshine and the hot weather I know it's so nice, isn't it? I've been moaning about being sweaty all day, but really, we can't complain too much, can we? I know. Thankfully, I got up early this morning to do my run before it got too hot because there is no way that would be happening otherwise. Yeah, so are you still running quite a lot in lockdown? I'm trying. Um, Sort of trying to get out early or late, kind of either end of the day. I'm actually sort of starting to enjoy running in lockdown. Now there's no pressure um, 
in terms of training for races or anything once everything was cancelled it just meant you know I can get out for fun and, and running just became about you know being outside yeah so did you have lots of races cancelled I yeah I was training for a half marathon um, which was cancelled just as I was sort of starting to get my distance up a little bit so it was a bit but um, you know equally a bit of a relief actually yeah I mean as as you know I've been on maternity leave so for quite a long time running for me has just been about celebrating doing it and not really about training so I guess it hasn't affected me in the same way that it's affected lots of people with their races but um, I was starting to think about um, doing some training for races so that's put a stop to that but I'm quite a big advocate of running and because running is nice rather than there always being all these goals and pressures around it. Exactly. It just became about, you know, being outside, being in the fresh air. There was no kind of pressure, like you said, on time. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I guess um, that's one of the reasons that you're here today, because we had at the very beginning of lockdown, for those listening that don't know, we held um, a secret sites competition over in the Secret London Runs Connect Facebook group. Um, so the idea of this was, you know, all these races being cancelled, people losing a lot of motivation for running, and we wanted to do something to, to have some fun motivation for socially distanced running. So the competition was run to the most interesting thing that you can find and then post about take take some pictures and post about it in the group um, and you won the competition so congratulations for that I absolutely loved your entry it was amazing so thank you so much for posting it um, so I'd just like to, to, to know what what made you enter in the first place so it was all about motivation, really, a different type of motivation um, without anything to train for. I just didn't see the point. Um, and I really enjoy photography as well. So it was kind of nice seeing everyone's photos, all the places people were running to. And it was just nice to you know, get involved with a, a, a sort of a, a bit of a community again. Yeah, I absolutely loved watching everybody else's entries coming in. And I found it really motivating for my running as well. I'm hoping that now we can keep it going on a on a monthly basis and that you know if this this is this is the prize to get interviewed and you also get some, some some freebies as well i'm hoping that we can keep it going every month and we can see where everybody's running all over the world um, i'm loving it i mean it's making me look around a bit more on my runs you know normally sort of i just tend to focus on my feet and just running but now i'm kind of looking up and, and seeing things that i probably wouldn't have noticed before Amazing. So on that note, could you tell me a little bit more about your entry to the competition? So I'm lucky enough to live near a, um, a disused railway line, um, which has been turned into a nature trail. Um, and as put on this nature trail, there are some sculptures that have been put under the old railway arches. Um, so one of those is a, it's called a Spriggan, which is a sort of folklore character. Um, and like I said, you have to look up to see it. Um, and because it's one of my regular routes, I sort of stopped noticing uh, this Spriggan. Um, mm. So, yeah, it was just nice to kind of reacquaint myself with him and, um, yeah, take a photo and, and yeah. Yeah, well, I just thought it encaptured everything that it was about, about looking looking beyond, you know, your feet and... Um, and um, 
and exploring and I love the the history that you gave around it so can you just remind anybody that wants to go running and looking for Spriggan and um, the name of that disused railway so it's Parkland Walk in North London yeah, it runs between um, from Alexandra Palace down to Finsbury Park. Wonderful. Yeah, so it was it was the line that was built, wasn't it, to transport passengers to Alexandra Palace when it was first opened? Exactly. So it means there's a bit of a hill involved as well. Yes. Yeah. It's a really <laughs> it's a really hilly area. We um, yeah. Um, we're we're having a bit of a break from them at the moment, but we've done lots of murder mysteries, and we did a half marathon murder mystery around Alexandra Palace a couple of years ago and it was on the hottest day of the year and it's <laughs> such a hilly route and I must admit I was so pleased that I was um you know on registration desk and not running it <laughs> <laughs> definitely yeah you need some water on days like that I mean the views make it worthwhile but it's hard yeah um so did you did you think that you were going to win the competition no, not at all. I mean, there were so many fantastic entries and I learned so much about um, different sites all around the country and internationally, actually. I think you had overseas entries as well, which was amazing to see. Yeah, we had people, we had um, entries from the USA. So so we had someone go to Frank Sinatra's birthplace, um, Australia, uh, Norway, uh, Denmark. We had so many amazing entries. I, I was absolutely blown away by how many people entered entered into it and um yeah I really just want to want to see more of it I know that I'm much happier during this unusual time when that competition's going really well and I'm thinking oh where can where can I go on my next run and and thinking about it definitely it's been nice to sort of see the chat as well on some of the the posts um you know I was talking to somebody that posted something in my my hometown where I was brought up and I was like oh I actually know that place as well so it was nice to connect with people that way yeah and it's nice that it's not just runners you know you can do it on your walking or your or your cycling it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be for runners my mum and dad are going absolutely mad in the group which is lovely <laughs> <laughs> good on them there's not there's not going to be a historical site in Wellingborough left unturned <laughs> <laughs> um so what's what's um just before just before I let you go um what's next for you in terms of in terms of running so I'm just trying to get out regularly um not going too far just um getting out every day if I can um mm. no no races lined up which is nice um I've kind of remembered why I like running again so I'm keen to to keep that up really yeah yeah I think that's a really good goal to have um well my my husband and son are just walking through the door so before we end the podcast with uh lots of lots of noise I better head <laughs> on but I have absolutely loved talking to you today Kerry thank you so much for joining us and congratulations on winning the competition uh, I love as I said I loved your entry and I've loved chatting to you today so thank you very much thanks Vanessa thank you well Kerry sounds absolutely brilliant. Have you met her in person? Have you run with her on one of our tours? No, I did ask her that on the phone before we before we chatted. I meant to ask her in the interview. No, she started coming on Secret London Runs whilst I was on maternity leave. So she's run with you, actually, Emma. She's done the Jack the Ripper run, running tour with you. Um, and she's oh. done another one as well. I think she did Christmas Lights. Um, 
yeah, so she was quite quite new to the Secret London Runs scene, actually. Oh, well, Kerry, it is glorious to have you with us. And um, thanks for getting involved. Um, I've loved the Secret Sites. It's been, it was the first thing we started, wasn't it, in lockdown yeah. um, to try and build our community. And it's been such a success. It's been lovely. I've actually, over the past few days, I've been trying to plot every single secret site onto a map so that we can share it because all the, all the just with the, just with the people in our group, because there are all these amazing places coming up and everyone was saying, I want to go here. And I just thought it would be really nice to have almost like a time capsule of this thing that we did during lockdown. Oh, I love the sound of that. That's an absolutely brilliant idea. And we've had, we've had people on all around the world, haven't we? It's not just been the UK. No, so we've had Australia. We've had quite a few entries from the USA, Germany, Norway. Um, yeah, yeah, really lovely. Oh, brilliant. And we've, um, of course, the Secret London Runs guides have been getting involved as well. Um, how many How many of us are there now? There's 12 of us. Gosh. We only we, we very rarely all get together, do we? We have, um, when we're running tours, we occasionally have sort of three or four, or when it's Christmas, maybe seven or eight guides together. But um, we do, we did have our AGM in January, didn't we? Which was a, a wonderful chance to get everyone in the same it room. It was so nice. Yeah. Some of us did get a little bit too excited, I think, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the whole point, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> Um, so we thought we thought it'd be nice to introduce some of our guides over the next few weeks while we're making the, um, this podcast. And the guide who's been with us for the longest is Ronnie. Is that right? Yeah, she's been with us for about three years now. Um, at the beginning, we did have two wonderful guides called Jurgis and Alex, and both of them were really incredible and very very much involved with the formation of Secret London Runs and getting it going. But Alex had to move back to America and Jurgis moved to Germany. So they're not they're not they're not leading tours anymore, but they're still they're still nicely involved and um, it's always nice for them. You know, they both did the virtual gin race last a couple of weekends ago. So yeah, so after them came Ronnie and and she's been an amazing member of the team. I think she was one of the first guides I met, so it was very nice to get to interview her. So here's Ronnie. So, Ronnie, as far as I can tell um, from Vanessa, you are actually the longest standing guide um, in the Secret London Runs team at the moment. Um, and so lots of people who are listening to us might have run with you. Um, I am relatively new to the team and one of my first runs was in fact with you. Um, which, so which tours do you lead apart from Christmas lights? Um, I'm a big gin person. Um, <laughs> Excellent. I know, I know my gin. Um, I know my gin run. Uh, I enjoy the hats. Um, I enjoy the gin. I mean, no, the, the script for gin, I think, is very, very good. But um, it's a lovely thing to do more research about. And that era is absolutely fascinating. And so I find myself just finding out more and more. And I listened to a really good podcast ages ago, um, Melvin Bragg and his intellectuals talking about the gin craze. 
And so I like to share that with my um, my runners too. It's all too recently that we only had kind of Beefeater and Gordons. Well, recently in, when you're as old as me, you know, um, it was 2008 that it, um, that, Actually, the gin, our current gin craze really expanded and all these little distilleries started. Um, and so I do a whole thing about hipsters, you know, with their cereal cafes and their gin distilleries. It's fun. It's, it's funny, isn't it? It should have become such a trendy, moneyed thing, having had its yeah. roots in such a working class. Um, exactly. Sort of that's, that's exactly why the whole tour, I think is fascinating it's i think it's the most fascinating one and you can get so much out of it and of course you get a glass of gin at the end of it exactly yeah well i have to say i never talking about another tool uh, the great sex tool <laughs> <laughs> which which is all about great sex obviously uh, no um <laughs> It's, <laughs> I, I was never sort of qualified to do the sex tour because I just felt it's like your mother doing the sex tour because um, I'm more than middle-aged, I would say now. I'm, I'm now 57. I'm very fit and well and a good runner, but the fact is I'm 57. So I feel that the sex tour is something that a younger person would have more fun with. I would feel uncomfortable doing it. Oh, I don't know. I'd, I'd, I think I'd like to play your sex tour. <laughs> I could do a, I could do a Joan Collins impression. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm there. That's, that's a brilliant idea. <laughs> have, you, have you always been a runner? It, it came later. I think like a lot of women who've had the old kids and and everything, um, you suddenly realise that your gut is kind of too much in evidence and you need to do something about it and the obvious thing to do is go running although yeah. having said that I was quite a handy cross-country runner when I was a kid um, in at school um, it's something I found that I could do and I couldn't understand why other kids were complaining about it because it seemed to me a great way of escaping the nuts and um <laughs> I just found that I could keep on running when other people couldn't. It's funny that I wasn't particularly a sprinter, I suppose, but I enjoyed running. Well, you must you must have some sort of natural talent because you're. I mean, your marathon PB is absurdly fast, isn't it? Not absurdly. No, actually, um, I've done a lot of studying of this. <laughs> I'm. Um, I am nowhere compared to some of those bloody, um, oh, I shouldn't swear, should I? But some of those 60 and 70 year olds that are out there uh, are just phenomenal. I would say I'm, for my age, I'm not half bad. But, Ronnie, um, I am for, I'm nearly 42 and I would kill for your marathon time. I think you're sure, awesome. I, I thought you were, uh, you're much, much quicker than me, though, generally. Um, uh, you you can't uh, run many marathons. I'm sure if you trained, you'd be all over it, wouldn't you? Well, I've got. It's, I'm getting faster. It's, um, <laughs> I've got. I've, <laughs> I've got something in my sights, which I'm not saying out loud. Although no, I think I did no. whisper it. One never should. But um, if it makes you feel any better, uh, my uh, since injury, my marathon PB, I'm just clambering back to try and do one last marathon before I actually give them up because I reckon that I, I'm going to do myself some damage 
So I might stick to half marathons once I've got the PD that I want. Um, and it won't be as quick as 2015. That's, and, and will it be London, do you think? Well, it would lovely. I, I Because I lost my good for age place because of the injury, I, I would have to do this next marathon, which is um, in September, which might not even go ahead, as we know. But it, I'm just doing yeah. a very low key one in Richmond um, to try and get my good for age place back so that I can apply for London. So I've got about three more years of running marathons to do, if you see what I mean, in order to get my place. Uh, and then and then I think I'll stick to half marathons because half marathon seems to be a great distance. Exactly. And of course, you, you run our um, magic of the London Marathon. That's, yeah. that's not quite a half marathon tour, is it? Is, is it 11 miles? Uh, yes, it's about 11. That's right. And, um, and that just um, indulges my great love of the London Marathon. Um, which I just became, I did that thing, I think you described doing that as well, when you volunteer for it and you realise what a magical day it is and how lovely and how moving it is. And so I did that back in something like 2005 and I sort of, I said to myself, I'm bloody going to run that race one day and I've been obsessed with it ever since. It's, there's nothing quite like it, is there? It's all the best bit of London mm. in terms of, just nice places to run but this spirit this incredible spirit that yeah. just comes from it just swells through the whole day it's, it, it just carries you around it really really does and um and I, I love all the stories that you know people I'm quite geeky I love hearing people's you know struggles and where exactly they struggled and what they got and you know how their cramp was you know um assuaged um you know and their their favorite um cramp recipes for you know how to avoid it my favorite one of all is nicking uh, this is what my coach told me to do is the day before go to places like mcdonald's and nick little salt sachets and eat them as you go around the um, course because you sweat so much especially when it's hot and instant salt is quite a good idea there you go right there is a budget gel <laughs> exactly a salt and, and then a, yeah something kind of sweet to um sweet to balance it and then a, a, lot, a nice big drink of water yay <laughs> cheap that sounds so yeah cheap and so much more appealing than a sticky gel God, a, a couple of jelly babies oh i hate gels they make me want to gag they're horrible I have. I do remember on one of my training runs when I first tried them out, literally stopping and washing my hands in a puddle because I just it had gone. <laughs> I couldn't bear this stickiness. Oh, oh, I've got. I've got such a great name dropping sticky sticky hand story. Are you ready for this? Absolutely. Okay. Right. Okay. I did this half marathon in Tunbridge Wells, which um, always used to. Kelly Holmes lived in the area. Dane Kelly Holmes, and she used to always be at the finish to welcome runners as they finished and she would hand out the hmm. prizes for anybody who won a prize as well and um yeah. she she was at the end and i got through the finish funnel and grasped her hand <laughs> and i forgot that <laughs> oh, i had God. been trying to get rid of a gel um which i hadn't managed to uh swallow because it was so disgusting and i sort of spat most of it into my hand <laughs> and then i shook my hand <laughs> Oh, that is fantastic. And she looked at her, you know, her hand and she looked at me and I said, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
I bet she knew exactly what it was. <laughs> yeah, I had to tell her. It's a chill. flavour. <laughs> 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 Disgusting. <laughs> that is a brilliant story. I love that. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. So I've got um a couple of really quick fire questions. So don't think about them and just your answer. I just want to hear your answer. So First of all, your favourite secret London runs tour. You might have already answered this. Gin. Gin. Brilliant. Um, your favourite London landmark? Um, the Wolf Monument in Greenwich Park. Oh, the General Wolf yeah. with the view. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can see that one. Yeah. yeah. That's, um, it's the view. It's astounding. Um, your... Um, the favourite race that you have ever run? Oh, Snowdonia Marathon. Sorry, it's not London, but Snowdonia, wow. That sounds amazing. Is it as beautiful as it sounds? Absolutely, it really is. And it's really green as well. So you get things like a slate toaster and an organic cotton T-shirt and homemade local fudge instead of all the um, nonsense that you end up throwing away. Oh, that sounds idyllic. Mm. Okay, so last of all, the the um the race you'd like to run, what's on your bucket list? The race I'd like to run. I don't know, I'm torn because exotic abroad, because I'm so green, I'm not a, a plane rider. And so it can't be too exotic abroad, if you see what I mean. Um, yeah. but it would be nice to have another country. Although, do you know what? I'm, I'm going to say Loch Ness. I quite like to do Loch Ness Marathon. I think that sounds nice. Oh, that sounds nice. I'll come with you. Let's train. do that one. Yeah, we can go on the train. All right, camp out. We'll yeah. have a secret London runs Loch Ness Marathon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, that sounds fantastic. And what's the what's the first thing you're going to do when lockdown's over? I'm going to go to Berlin on the train um, to see my grandchildren. I've got two little grandsons and my son obviously lives out there as well and his partner. And it would just be nice because they will have grown up a lot, actually. One's just turned five and I couldn't go for his fifth birthday. And the other one will be uh, two in August and I won't be there for his second birthday. So, yeah, Berlin. Gosh. That sounds like a lovely thing to do. Well, fingers crossed for August. Thank you. Who knows? Thank you so much. That was it was lovely to have a chat with you. Very nice to speak to you, Emma. Lovely to talk to you. Thank Love you. To all. Okay. Bye bye. So that was Ronnie. Um, how how did you first meet her? Um, it was a mutual friend, and she said to Ronnie, uh, "You should, you know, you love London." you love history and you love running, you should work with Equal London Runs. And Ronnie got involved. Uh, Ronnie, yeah, Ronnie emailed in and we met up and I said, yeah, absolutely. She's, she's just, she's such an amazing human being in so many ways. I know, every time I talk to her, I just finish it smiling, finish the conversation smiling away. Yeah. Oh, so thank you, Ronnie. It was lovely to talk to you. Um, and I've done an interview this week as well. Wonderful. Who is it with? Um, so I have been talking to Tanya Franks, um, actress Tanya Franks from EastEnders. She plays Rainey 
in EastEnders. And last year, she ran her very first London Marathon with the Dementia Revolution team. Um, so we had a lovely time catching up. We did have um, some issues with technology. It took us half an hour to be able to make the technology work oh, at all. Um, and haven't quite got the sound quality right. So if it is a bit variable, please bear with us. But I wanted to, we wanted to bring it to you anyway, because it's just such a lovely chat. And um, here is Tanya. Hello. How the devil are you? Thanks. How are you doing? Yeah, all right. You know, yeah. hanging in there. Yeah. Are you? Are, you seem to be, according to Instagram, doing absolutely loads of running, which is making me feel so guilty because I'm hardly getting anything done. Oh, really? I've been going out about once every three days. It was kind of once every two or three days. Sometimes it's every other day. Sometimes it's every three days. That's so impressive. So I've, but I've only been doing about three, four, five miles, not really long runs. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So I think I've done, I did a six mile a few weeks back, but I haven't done another one of those since. So they're mostly about three or four or five that I just tinker around with. And you're just thinking you're sort of ticking over until we get another date for London? Yeah, I'm thinking that come. June because it will be October the 4th for the marathon that yeah so I'm going to start training again in June but in truth I have to say I'll be mightily surprised if it goes ahead yeah it's it's going to be April isn't it really let's be honest it feels to me that you know in just what would that be just four or five months time for there to be 40,000 people all running, all in a slipstream of each other with sweat and spit flying everywhere and sharing toilets and millions of people yeah. on the streets. I, I just, I don't know. To me, I can't see it happening at this time. But Yeah, it's it's hard to get motivated, isn't yeah. it, for when when it does seem unlikely well it's been quite funny I think this time because this is because I'd only ever run before last year's marathon I'd never run before then so I literally (laughs) only trained for last year's marathon and so I did four months of training and that was the first time I'd ever run and I I kind of feel that I put so much effort into that training that I'd be doing myself an injustice to not keep that running going and so but this has been the first time where I've been running every few days just for myself rather than there being a goal ahead of me so yeah I just thought okay you know what I've just got to make myself my goal that's it I'm doing it to and keep how- my head space and to keep myself healthy and you know to keep some cardio exercise going and um yeah that's giving me reason to do it really and how's that are you are you finding that's very different then to working through the training plan last year uh yes in a way because I'm having to find my own motivation to do it rather than there being a goal at the end of it yeah and so come every two or three days I go okay I'm gonna go for a run today or tomorrow and and think (laughs) yeah if I say tomorrow too often how many tomorrows will there be so I better just go out and do it yeah and that's in a way how I've yeah, I've just been managing to, to keep that motivation going. And actually, once I'm out there and I'm doing it, I'm really happy. And once I get yeah. back, I'm really pleased I've done it. 
that's that's the trick isn't it yeah. it's very easy to regret not having been for a run but very rarely regret having gone yeah exactly exactly that and I think I was saying actually recently to I was right doing writing some uh, you know some stuff out for people to as a guideline to starting to run and one of the things that actually I said was if you wake up in the morning and you think to yourself you, you're tucked up in bed and you think oh I really don't feel like running today there's but there's absolutely nothing wrong with you other than you don't feel like running that's the yeah. time to get up and get out there and run because the, that's so true. the time you've you've done that you come back and you go actually I'm really glad I went and did that so just backtracking slightly you've gone in just over a year from not running at all to actually being a mentor for other people <laughs> that's ridiculous <laughs> that's an incredible journey <laughs> Well, it's, I mean, after doing, what did I do last year? So in, in the whole of last year, so I started running December 2018. Yeah. Um, and then through 2019, I did three half marathons and the marathon and a 10K. <laughs> <laughs> and then, And then this year I was going to do a 10K but that was cancelled uh and but i did do the half marathon the big half again and you did then i was going to do the marathon again but of course that's been postponed so yeah <laughs> you, you know that most people don't start with the marathon no i don't i didn't know that <laughs> Because if anyone had told me that, I probably would have not done it. I would have freaked myself out and thought I was some weirdo. And, uh, and on my insanity would not get me through. So how on earth did you get roped into the marathon in the first place? Was it, was it through Dementia Revolution? Yeah, it was. It was because being on EastEnders, we had a, an email come round asking if we would want to run the marathon to help the Alzheimer's Society for uh, Dame Barbara Windsor because of course Barbara being having been in EastEnders and so yeah so uh, uh, Barbara and and Scott um, her husband Scott who I know you know Emma very well um, I do yeah they uh, they contacted us and said, would any of us be interested? Well, my stepfather also has Alzheimer's. So I immediately said yes. And wow. I, but I didn't, but I thought we might walk it. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> and, and, and it wasn't until somebody said something about running. In fact, I think it was Scott said something about running. He said, um, he was he was already training to run, and the word "run" came up, and I went, um, "Sorry, <laughs> we're running this." And he said, "Well, we'll probably run, walk it." And I went, "Hold on, I didn't know. I thought we were walking it. I didn't know that there was any running involved." Running involved. <laughs> and um, so, literally, he said to me at that point, he'd been training. I think since. At that, I think he'd been training since the October or something before. So he had a few weeks. He'd, he had about two months ahead of me. And he said, I've managed to go from zero, zero running to five miles. And I wow. just 
and he said so if I can do it you can do it and I was like wow okay so I I I did I went out there and I did my first run which I think was about a quarter of a mile and 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 then I had to stop and walk because I was knackered and and then I thought no this is this is terrible Tanya this can't be your first run you've got to do more than this so do a bit more so I started running again and then of course within like about an eighth of a mile I was walking again and I just came back and I laid on my carpet and I just went this is impossible. How am I ever going to do this? I can't run. I can't seem to get past a quarter of a mile. How am I going to do 26 of these things? And um, and so, yeah. And then slowly but surely, of course, I picked up the pace. But, the, but actually, the big opening door for me was when we were working with an amazing trainer called Martin Yelling, who is one of the London Marathon's official trainers. Yeah. Yeah, for Virgin London Marathon. And he's brilliant and lovely and wonderful. And we did a training session with him. And he kind of opened the door for me. He was the key to it all by saying, you know, you don't have to run fast. You can (laughs) run slowly. And I went, really? Does that count as running? It was, he's, you know, it was like, 12 minute miles, 12 and a half minutes, 13 minutes, it's fine. It doesn't matter. You, the, the run is the fact that you're running. It doesn't have to be about speed. Isn't it funny that that should be such a difficult thing for all of us to get our heads around? Yeah. It's, so, I think it's, I wonder why that is. I wonder if it's because at school we tend to do short distance sprints. So we, we think do. running means going fast. Yes, I think we do. And of course, we see other people running and they look like they're running fast. Yeah. And, but it, I mean, especially if it's like me where I've only ever, I mean, I, I walk a lot. But of course, anybody that runs, even if they're running slowly, is running faster than I'm walking. So <laughs> it all looks <laughs> fast to me. So, <laughs> Um, well, you you can't walk that much because you you finished in a very respectable time last year, didn't you? Especially considering it, how it was what a short time you've been running. Five hours and forty one minutes. I think that's so impressive. And um, it yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, it, it's it's a, it's a funny thing, but once once I got into that thing of oh, I can run slowly and that's okay. Now, you know, obviously I, I can run a bit faster and, uh, yeah. I, you know, it, it, once you start getting going and you, you, you follow the training plans and then, of course, my head went into it obsessively. I was like, OK, yeah. what do I need to get fit? What do I need to do this? How do I what do I do for strengthening exercises? What do I do to keep my legs in shape? What do I, you know, uh, yeah, my my core and my heart and all these kind of things. <laughs> so you don't you don't have to you don't have to say it out loud but have you got a time in your head that have you got a goal in your head for when <laughs> well don't, I, you I, don't have to say it. <laughs> I, I can say it out loud in the, I, I suppose because I did 541 I suppose if I said 530 I'd be happy oh you could do that you know? <laughs> but uh, but at the same time I also say if I ended up and I and I had to go slower than 541 it still wouldn't bother me because I've already in my in my mind I've done my best time. It was five forty one. That was yeah. that's my best time. So if I never achieve that again, it really doesn't matter. But if I do, then that's brilliant. 
and uh, that's such a healthy attitude that's such a brilliant attitude because i just think at this point i can't i can't really beat myself up for you know whether i knock off 10 minutes or don't knock off 10 minutes yeah so isn't thinking back to the day yeah i mean there's last year the the support of the London Marathon is absolutely extraordinary all the way around. But you and Scott had the added focus of the BBC tracking you oh, yes. all the way. <laughs> How was that? That just seemed to me like the most enormous pressure. Well, the weirdest thing of all as well was <laughs> actually watching it back afterwards. I mean, my mum and I first watched the London Marathon on the very very first one the one you know the 1981 marathon and I can remember her and me watching it on the television when I was a kid and 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 we were so inspired by it we just spent the whole rest of the afternoon running up and down our front room thinking that we were starting (laughs) training for the following year and brilliant and uh, but uh, of course as life goes on I never foresaw that the marathon would be in my sights it's something I never foresaw in my life. I mean, it, this is like a million in one chance that I would ever do this. And so to have done my first marathon and then watch the highlights at the end of the night when they go on at like nine o'clock at night or whatever it is. And the very last shot of the highlights was myself and Scott running over the finishing line. Yay! <laughs> I was like, I couldn't believe it. I was like, this is my first marathon. This is completely ridiculous. Yeah, so, it was so gorgeous. Um, so, that, so, but at the time... I didn't even think that we would be necessarily followed by the cameras in that way, if that makes sense. I never thought that we'd actually be seen coming over the finishing line. Oh, um, darling, it wasn't just the finishing line. They were tra- they tracked you all the way around. Well, yeah, I saw that after The EastEnders team. They'd been doing the EastEnders thing, and I didn't realise. And they were doing like these little stick figures with our heads on them, and they kept yeah. picking us up sort of at various points. And... I mean, it's just as well in a way that I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> Although they gave us a little tracking thing, I thought it was just so that we could carry it so that they would know where we are. And if they wanted to stop and interview us along the way, they could. That's yeah. what I thought it was. I didn't know <laughs> they were actually tracking us. So, yeah, it was absolutely, totally bizarre. It was lovely. Very funny. It was very lovely. I got um because I was volunteering um so I was marshalling down at the Cutty Sark um oh. so the ten k point so I was I was back home way before any of you finished so got to see probably about your last ten miles and um you and I think it was did Kelly finish first in the yes, team yeah, I think Kelly finished then, first yeah. she went off like a little bullet <laughs> she was Kelly Shirley was off there and uh, yeah she's she's a fast little runner she's like a little whippet. Yeah, it's because she's tiny. Yeah, and uh, she was great. <laughs> Natalie Cassidy came in second. She did great. Brilliant. She's a natural runner, Natalie. Mm. And um, and yeah, and then and you and Scott ran the whole thing together, didn't you? Every step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, we all started off as a big group, and. And then it slowly but surely sort of broke off because, of course, people tend to do different speeds. 
and and naturally you you you've got to find your own pace and your own way of doing it and it just so happened that actually Scott and I were at the same pace the whole way around and we really I hit my wall first and so he yeah. he talked me out of my wall and then he hit I think I hit mine at about mile 17 or 18 and then he hit his at about mile 19 yeah. and I then talked him out of it and uh, and we yeah so we just kept going together and 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 the funny thing is is we've done two other races since we've done two other half marathons together since and both of them as well we've come in at exactly the same second oh how wonderful yeah we've all so that's three races we've run together now and they've been exactly to the same second so funny that's that's extraordinary yeah so but you ran the big half on your own this year how was that i i did the big half actually with another friend um Scott wasn't able to do it this year, so I did it with an, uh, another friend, John, and yeah. and we ran it together. He's a much faster runner than me. He's had a lot of experience of running. He's run eight marathons before, right? And I think it's eight he's done. Well, yes, yeah, right. I think so. I think oh, I think this year was going to be his eighth. I can't remember now, but anyway, it's a lot of marathons, and. So he ran the big half with me and he ran slowly with me. So uh, that was, in fact, actually, I'm really pleased he did because last year when we did the big half, the half marathon was my first ever experience of doing a race. And I was so blown away by it. It Literally. It was amazing. Absolutely phenomenal. And come mile 13, I still had energy. And I was still running and I, I had so much positivity in me for the running then for, you know, heading into the next leg of, leg of training for the marathon. But this year, when we did the big half, this year, come mile three, I was suddenly desperate for the loo. Oh, no. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Uh, do I stop? But I want to. We and, and bearing in mind that actually last year I ran the half marathon in two hours forty six minutes. Yeah. So I thought, okay, I want. Uh, you know, obviously I want to try and beat that because we'd actually done the half in Amsterdam in October, which was also for Dementia Revolution, and Scott and I ran that in two hours and twenty two minutes. That is an enormous improvement. Was it two hours twenty four? It might have been two hours and twenty four. Anyway, it was a, it was a, a big drop. It was I was twenty two yeah. minutes two hours and twenty four. That's right because I was twenty two minutes faster than the big half. That's so, huge. But the but the Amsterdam is a half marathon. A marathon is a lot flatter, of course. Yeah. So, um. <laughs> So I thought, okay, well, even if I get like, you know, two and a half hours in London for the big half, that'll be great. Well, come mile three, I was suddenly desperate for the toilet. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I've got like another 10 miles to do. And if I stop, that's going to shatter my dreams of coming in at two two hours 30. How long were you planning on weeing? Well, it was more than a wee. (laughs) (laughs) So I was was desperately clenching my buttocks for for sheer dear life. 
And, and then come mile nine, so all these miles later, come mile nine, I said to John, John, I can't stand it. This is, I, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to stop. I don't think I can stand this. But then I didn't find a toilet for ages. So I think it was actually mile 11 where I actually managed to get into a loo and I absolutely crapped for for the United Kingdom. It was like I was I was in there forever. And uh, <laughs> and um and there was a real lesson in that because my body of course was getting more and more knackered going all the way round. Because because your body's not concentrating on the running. It's just concentrating no. on not going to the loo. And so, <laughs> so come the last two miles, I was so knackered. I was more knackered having run that half than I was having done the whole marathon. The whole marathon. And when I came in at 13, 13.1 miles, they literally, they stopped me because the BBC had interviewed me again for that. And I was, <laughs> I literally, I hung over the fence and I was seeing, I was seeing sparks in my eyes. I thought because I was, my body was so knackered. And, uh, and I, yeah, so that was my experience of the big half. And the lesson was, if you want to go to the loo, no matter when it is in the race, just go. That is a very good lesson to have learnt, but I think having ignored that and faced the consequences, that makes you a proper runner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was... I don't think there's a runner alive who hasn't experienced something similar at some point. Yeah, often. yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was, that, was my, that was my big lesson from this year's big half. <laughs> always go for a poo before you start. Always, always. But the funny thing was, was last year, before the marathon, I didn't. Okay. <laughs> Like, I was really trying to because everybody told me to. Yeah. But, but I, weirdly, I didn't. But not only, I didn't, I mean, I ran the whole marathon and didn't stop once the whole time for a week or anything the whole time. And actually, <laughs> weirdly, I didn't go that whole day for 13 hours, not even for a week. <laughs> it's like, I don't know what happened. It is such a voyage of discovery, isn't it? This oh running lot. Oh my lot. gosh, hilarious. <laughs> and hilarious. It's, who, who would have thought that you could get so much conversation out of the toilet habits of running? I know, and, I, and I'm not even going to tell you the description of inside that toilet when I went in. I'm not even going to oh, go down no. that road. <laughs> I, can, I, I can imagine. <laughs> I don't want to imagine. <laughs> Yeah, but I haven't told you about the so, sock that I laid on top of it because there was no toilet paper left. <laughs> there was a sock laying on the floor and I thought, I can't possibly just leave that because the, the loo had stopped flushing and everything. It was a complete nightmare. And there was a sock laying on the floor and I thought, I can't possibly just leave mine sitting there in the toilet. So I laid this sock over the top of it. <laughs> So, anyone listening, if you were running the big half this you year and round about mile 11, and you lost a sock, know that it was wiping the bum of Tanya Franks from BBC's <laughs> EastEnders <laughs> and hiding her yeah. poo. <laughs> yeah. I think that sounds like a sock very well sacrificed. I think so too. Whoever gave, gave that sock up for that, honestly. 
saved my bacon <laughs> that day more than my bacon. That's wonderful. Yeah. What a brilliant story. So, do you know? Do you have? Did you ever get a total of how much you raised for Dementia Revolution between you? Uh, one hundred fifty-one thousand. I think. That, just say that again. Uh, one hundred fifty-one thousand pounds. I think we raised. One hundred and fifty-one thousand. That was that was in our group, um, and but overall, it was for the dementia revolution. I I think the final figure was four million. Four million pounds for the dementia revolution overall. That's extraordinary. Yeah, there were so many people that signed up to it that um. You... It was. It, you must be it was, so proud it was, of it that. It was amazing, and uh, and it was the apparently the most successful partnership between a charity and the London Marathon ever. What a wonderful so, thing! And I bet a large part of that was down to the fact that the EastEnders cast got involved. I, I think. Um, I, I think as well. There was. It, it, there was obviously a lot of promotion around that, and certainly. Um, Scott and Barbara did a lot, you know, did a lot of interviews because, of course, that that caught a lot of yeah. the imagination and it opened up the conversation in a big way about dementia and Alzheimer's. And, you know, they they took a brave step in doing that. So yeah. I think that that made a huge impact. And um, yeah, so the fact that we were able to run and for that cause, um, you know, and to support. Barbara and Scott in, in that time was amazing. And did your, is your, was your stepfather able to yes. take part? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they didn't come to the marathon, but they watched it on the television. And, and of oh. course, that was just, I mean, you know, they were just, they couldn't believe it every time these stick figures kept popping up and we were being tracked. And of course, you know, then seeing us going over the finish line, it was, my mum was ecstatic. Um, excuse me, but um, it was yeah, quite. They 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 had a great time, and 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 my stepfather has been very you know, very happy for me to to talk about the Alzheimer's, and um, so yeah, so I've been able to really follow that cause, you know, and support it as much as I possibly can. And how's and how's he doing? Is... He's he's doing okay, thank you. Thank you for asking. He's he's doing okay. Um, I mean, it is a progressive illness, as we know, so it's yeah. it's not going to get any easier. Uh, and certainly, yeah. there's a bit more confusion setting in now. So there there are times where you just he just has to deal with that and the, there's a bit of frustration that comes with that but at the same time he as a person is a very he's a very placid person he's a very um measured person if that makes sense yeah. and so fortunately he hasn't at this so far um his frustrations have been very uh measured and um He's he's very philosophical about it, actually, and both both he and my mum are, are dealing with it very well. Um, it so, must be a, an awful lot to take on, isn't it? Especially yeah. when well, all the usual routines that keep things in place are they all go changing. completely to pot every day. Completely, completely yeah. changes every single day. 
So I'm now doing, you know, I now fundraise for the uh, Alzheimer's Research UK. And so this year I did the, when, when it was marathon day this year, they did the 2.6 challenge, uh, which was yes. promoted. So I did it for the Alzheimer's Research UK this, this year. And, um, and yeah, so that's been, it, it's good to still be able to support it because there's, apart from anything you know it's 850,000 people living with it in this country and yeah and and people have been I think finding it more difficult of course in this lockdown because people that have visitors for example they don't have so many visitors coming in friends or people being able to you know just kind of dissipate the energy a little bit between people with Alzheimer's and the carers um and also, of course, you know, you're not able to just go out and do things that, that you would usually do, perhaps, whether it, it's just going to the shops, if you're able to go to the shops um, to break it up or go out for lunch if every once in a while to break it up. Or, But, you know, for a lot of people, they can't go out at all and having to have, have to stay at home anyway with Alzheimer's. But they have people coming in to see them and family and friends coming around. And if that stops, that's also, you know, a a difficult situation because they don't necessarily always understand exactly what is going on right now. Um, So hard to explain. It's um, it's hard for it's it's hard to get your head around. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. The situation we're in at the moment. It is. It is. So. Um, if if anyone does want to donate, um, do you do you have a fundraising link on your Instagram page? Is that yes, the easiest way? Yes, to... I do. Yeah, it's um uh, uh that that the one that's up there at the moment is uh virginmoneygiving dot com forward slash Tanya Frank and and um and you're on Instagram, aren't you? At Tanya Frank's that's right, runs. Yeah. yeah. So all the, all the details yeah, about that was my um, that's my fundraising page for the two point six challenge that I just did. So that goes any money that goes through that goes to the Alzheimer's Research UK. You are an absolute inspiration. <laughs> I can't I, I can't quite believe just uh, less less than eighteen months after starting running, you're training for your second marathon. It's just um, <laughs> it's just extraordinary, and I hope you're very very proud of yourself. <laughs> Well, I can't waste all that uh, all that training. I'm afraid I have to keep it going now. That's the trouble, isn't it? Once you start, yeah, once you start, no, you can't stop. No, you have to get them all. People used to say that. They used to say to me, you know, oh, once you start, you know, you, people 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 just get hooked onto it. And I went, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not somebody that gets hooked into stuff. You know, I, I won't get. You know, I do yoga and bits here and there, but I'm not hooked on it. But no, I'll be fine. Can't stop. Can't stop. Can't stop running. mustn't stop stop running running. (laughs) oh it's been so nice to talk to you thank you so much for 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 the time and um are you are you finding it are you finding more you've got more time to train now we're in lockdown because you must be your schedule must be crazy usually backwards and forwards to sometimes it is it it depends as well on how heavy your storyline is at that time as well so sometimes you can be you know, weeks on end where it's very full on. And then you might have some downtime for a few days or a week or 10 days or something like that. So it's a very erratic schedule. It changes every single day. And you have to kind of really work your training around what your schedule is. Literally, you get, you know, you're 
your, your schedule comes through and you're looking and say, okay, can I get to run? When can I get to run during this coming week? And yeah, so it really does change yeah. every single week. So you can have a guideline of a plan to follow for training and then, but you, you might have to juggle it up some and you do the best you can with I it. Think... And, but it's, I mean, you yeah. know, sometimes it's a case of just going out on your lunch, lunch break and going for a run or, say I might be off for four hours in the middle of the day and not back on set yeah. again until much later in the day. So then I can take myself off for a run then, that sort of thing. <laughs> and explore the beautiful streets yeah, of Elthry and exactly. Wood. Exactly. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> but the great thing is, I, I think that's, the, that's been the wonderful thing for me, the discovery with running, is that you literally can do it anywhere in the world. And Yes. Anytime. At, at any time. And so, you know, there's been a couple of occasions where I've been abroad and I've just been able to say, yeah, I'm just going to take myself off for a run. And you don't necessarily know where you are. You just go running and you start to explore a place just by being able to pound the streets a little bit. It's a, it's a wonderful, you get a completely different perspective as well, don't you, when you're exploring you somewhere do. on your feet. It's just, it's just the right speed to find your way around and, a new and that's place what I, I really found when I did the marathon last year and, and I mean I found it really emotional doing both the half marathon and the marathon it was the thing of in the numbers of people reclaiming the streets with our feet I found yes. so emotional yes and it's it's Everyone is doing exactly the same thing. They're just putting one foot in front of the other to get from Blackheath to yeah. the mole. And the only, the only difference is the speed one foot goes in front of the other, but it's exactly the same yes. process. Yeah, it's, it's, it is extraordinary. From, from, and I have to say, that, I mean, doing the, mar the marathon was one of the greatest days of my life. Because you want to savour every <laughs> single second. And weirdly, you know you can't. But you, yeah. you, you, you just savour as much as you possibly can cram into your memory to retain. What a wonderful, wonderful thing to carry with you. I'm very, very proud of you. I think you've done a wonderful thing. <laughs> Thank you, thing. Emma. It was so lovely as well to find that you were a, a, also a fellow runner, because I didn't know that about you before. Because I didn't know that about you before. Well, it's funny that, isn't it? There's, you sort of discover runners hidden in the weirdest yeah. of places. Yeah. It's just great. Yeah. In fact, this is actually the first time we've managed to have a proper it chat is. about running, isn't it? It is. Yeah. yeah. Maybe one day. In fact, do you know what you should do? When when things are up and running again, come on one of our tours. Come on one of our oh, Secret London Runs tours. Lovely. Yeah. And we'll, we, we can, then we can run and I'd chat at that. the same time. Then we'll show I you around. I love that, Emma. Brilliant. Thank it's you a date. Thank so much. Oh, it's been so you good too. to talk to you. And um, I'll see you in London, um, yes. whenever that may be, yeah, if not yeah, before. Yeah. No, we'll, we'll see each other then. Thank you very yeah. much. Thank All you right, so Emma. much. You too. Lots of Take care. Take bye -bye. care. Bye. So we're coming to the end of our very first full-length Secret London Runs podcast. Um, Vanessa, what have we got coming up on Secret London Runs? Um... Well, first of all, watch my virtual tour if you haven't seen it already. Um, I didn't go to all of that for nothing. So check it out on YouTube and on Facebook. And it's, it's free. It take, it's about half an hour long to just uh, get some popcorn and take a look. Um, 
also also free we're putting on a monthly interactive quiz on facebook so during lockdown we were doing it once a week we've got an awesome group that joins us every week for that um but now restrictions are easing and we thought that it made more sense to have it monthly so um yeah, so, so that's on Facebook Live on the first Tuesday of every month. And then we're looking to hold one virtual event per month. Um, and the next one is actually a bit different to what we were talking about with the virtual gym race. So this is called the 90-minute dash. And it's a, sort of like a pleasure hunt that you can do with... So you've got 90 minutes to find 50 things on a list. So it might be you know, a post box, um, a signpost with the word lane on it, um, um, a, a red front door. And between you as a team of up to five people, you've got 90 minutes to find everything on the list, take a picture of it and upload it. And the team to find the most things on the list wins. Um, so you can have people coming, um, you know, entering on a team, you know, I can be here, somebody else can be in Berlin, somebody else in Copenhagen, and we can all play together. You know, we'd probably have a WhatsApp group and we'd say, right, I've got the red front door, um, you get the you get the lamppost, and um, and together you can you can collect your treasure. So I'm hoping it will be an amazing way for people to come together virtually when they still can't be together properly and have some fun and do something a bit different. I absolutely love that idea. That is such a good idea. Are we going to do a Secret London Runs team? Oh, I hope so, definitely. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping that families will get involved as well, you know, because because you don't have to be a runner to be involved with this. You can get walkers involved and the walkers can go and get the things that are near to their home and then the runners can go and get the things further away. There might be a couple of things on the list that need a tinsy bit of research as well. So you can have a few people doing that. So it really is a, something for everybody, not just the very serious runners. Oh, that's absolutely fantastic. And that's coming up in the next month of June. We're going to be having that. Um, and then obviously the Secret Sites contest is up and running. If you want to be interviewed on the next podcast, like Kerry, then, uh, then let's, uh, let's go and, and share our local history with each other. Brilliant. So check that out. Um, we're on our website, um, which is secretlondonruns.com, our Facebook page. The Facebook page is probably the best place to go for um, the most up-to-date information at the moment. Is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to get better with Instagram and Twitter, but it's just too much for, for, to, to keep up with. <laughs> so, yeah, Facebook is always up to date so keep an eye on facebook we'll put the details on there of where you can sign up for the 90 minute dash um then we've got the website and if you do want to look at some of our photos we do update instagram whenever we can and if there's anything you would like to hear on the next podcast um do drop us a line you can get in touch with us again through facebook or the website and we'd love to hear from you um nice it's been really nice to talk you to too, you Emma. hopefully see you soon Yes, hopefully see you in person very soon. If not, keep running and we'll speak. Yeah.